0: Don't mind us. We're playing through. Here's Froggy, Brian, Golf, and Wacker. Welcome to another edition of the Playing Through podcast. It's Froggy from Elvis around the morning show. Here with my good golfing buddy, Brian Golf, one of the biggest social media influencers in golf, right here, talking shut to us today. Up, shut up! Yes, yes you're you doing are. Because you know I hate that crap. Yeah, you do. We're going to talk about putters. Oh, I like putters. We're going to talk about putters because let's be honest, it's an extremely
3: important part of the game. And it's not just the most important club. I mean, it's debatable. Some people say driver. Some people say putter. It's not just the most important club in your bag because it's the one that actually puts the ball in the hole and you use it the most. But there's also a little bit of a collection side of it, memorabilia side of it. Right. You know, there's big-time putter collectors. And when it comes to putters, everybody is going to get to know if they don't already. Yeah, because usually, let's be honest,
0: the the first thing that comes to mind in putter, and, and when it comes to just a person's name, it's usually Scotty Cameron. Right. That's usually the first thing you think of. For sure. But there are other people in the game that are making huge strides
2: in the putter industry.
0: Like Mr. Tyson Lamb.
3: Tyson, my man, what is up?
2: Oh, I was just jamming the pit bull and and then you had to come back on the line. Oh. All
3: right. Do you want us to put you on hold? We'll 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 stroke Scotty Cameron, you know, off for the next ten minutes
0: if you want.
2: Oh uh, I I think uh I think I can talk to you. Is, is that what's playing during the, the radio or on the radio station? With, yes, yes. Uh, what, yes yeah, I was listening
0: listen, to? Nice. we're in South Florida. You can't have an hour that goes by. You don't put Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide on the radio. That's how it works here.
2: Uh, of course. Of <laughs> course. That's how it works.
3: So, Tyson Lamb, if you don't know Tyson already, uh, follow him on Instagram. He's a great Instagram follow. Your, your, your website's com, right?
2: Correct. Okay, so make sure There's you go probably there. probably not anything for sale on there at the moment. Well, and that's
3: because everything uh, probably sold out.
2: Correct. <laughs> so, I, I,
0: for example, I went on your it, website. Uh, I didn't see what I was looking for. So then I go to eBay because eBay the first place you go when you want to buy something that maybe everybody else already has and you want to buy it. That I'm may gonna, also be fake. Right. Well, <laughs> this Tyson lamb putter, it's, it says it's an Allendale lamb chop shop, Tex USA, limited putter, 3500 34 and a half inches, brand new. Right now it's up for $5,475 or best offer.
2: Is that the best bid? Is that the top bid? Right now it is. Or is that the buy it now? Uh, no, you can buy it right really? now. Yeah, Not bad. Wow. I'm in the wrong business.
0: To build these putters, how it go from start to finish to in my bag, playing on the course?
2: Kind of throughout the course of my golf career, I've just always loved putting. Well, so back when Anthony Kim was around and the uh, kind of the belt buckle phenomenon came around, a buddy of mine... Uh, his grandparents had this big machine shop and they came to me and they were like, uh, he was like, Hey, we should make some, do some custom putters and all of that. And and then um, we had this idea to make a belt buckle. So we made machine belt buckles for a little bit. And at one point we had like 20 guys on tour and I was in college and I was just designing the stuff, uh, you know, my computer and, and sending it and they were getting made there. And so then uh, him and I split ways and, uh, and essentially I, I kept trying to send out all of our stuff to get made. And we were making belts and accessories and, um, you know stuff like that, and and I couldn't find a shop that could do it. So, I uh, I moved I moved back home to my parents' house and got a got a loan from a our current business partner for a hundred thousand bucks. I went and spent a hundred thousand bucks and set up a machine shop in my parents' garage. And so,
0: oh no. Oh. We're No, it can't end like that. (laughs) No, we can't lose the story. No, (laughs) No. Tyson. What is going to happen now? Dude, the story's great so far. (laughs) He starts out drinking beer in college with his buddies, (laughs) making belt buckles. There's dudes on tour wearing them.
3: All right, and that is the Tyson Lamb story. (laughs) Done. Now you know. I got to call
0: this guy back. Hold on.
3: (laughs) It It can't end that way. Maybe he'll call us back.
0: Maybe he'll call us back and request Pitbull. You hang up on me or what? No, we, you dropped. So let me tell you where we were. So the story was getting really good. You were drinking beer with your buddies in college. You're making bell buckles. 20 guys on tour wearing it. That ends. You get a loan from uh, a business partner of yours for hundred grand. You set up a machine shop in your parents' garage, and the phone dropped.
2: Okay, so then we started doing all of our accessories, and, and I didn't even know how to run this machine. So SMU was a uh, uh, actually Jason Enlow. He's now the coach at SMU. He was one of our guys who wore our product uh, kind of for the – for the first couple of years, and then he actually became the head coach. So he came to me and was like, uh, "You know, I want you to make uh, belt buckles for the SMU tournament. It's in March." And I, uh, I got my machine in January. I didn't even know how to use it. Like I didn't even know how to make anything. I, I knew how to design everything, but didn't know how to make everything. So essentially, um, I taught myself how to do everything. So we had I got my machine January, uh, January sixth, and we the order was for March thirteenth. <laughs> I literally finished. I finished the order March thirteenth at six a.m. And the, the the tournament started at 8 a.m. Like, I, I, I literally somehow finished them. So, Mom took everything, and I took the last 10 and gave it to them, like, as they were peeing off. It was, it was insane. It was like a really crazy, weird story. But then after that, we, you know, for the first six or seven months, we just made belts and all that. And I wasn't really, like, super excited about it, even though it was really good money and a really right. good business. I just wasn't, like, proud of it. I don't know. It was just kind of one of those things. I was like, this isn't my calling. So, I kind of jokingly always was like, you know someday I'm gonna make a putter like I just love putters putters are like watches or knives or guns I mean it's one of those things that it's it's a collectible really cool thing that's nostalgic and it's the only thing in your bag that you can kind of have a connection with right and so um and guys keep them forever I mean guys name their putter I mean they don't name their driver it's kind of one of those things right it's a weird it's a weird thing so um I think it was December for Christmas of December 2012 I was like I'm gonna make myself a putter and I made myself a putter and it wasn't the best thing ever I still got it but um i mean it it wasn't bad and so then i got instagram actually in january and i started posting some stuff of um you know my work and some of these other things and and by that time i was making car parts like i did work for gas monkey garage and uh, you know airplane companies and and all all sorts of different types of things so we're making car parts and art and i mean if, if you wanted something made like you just come to me and I'd make it and, I, and it sucked and I didn't really know what I was doing, <laughs> but we figured it out. But you made it. And, uh, well, kinda, uh, I mean, for the first like three or four years, I made like less than $20,000 a whole year and I work hundred hour weeks. I mean, it, 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 it's nuts. And so I, I kind of started noticing through Instagram, I started getting some followers and I was at like, I don't know, four or 5,000 followers. And, and I'd post like ga- gas monkeys, this huge, uh, you know, company here that, that's really popular on TV and all that. And I post like some gas pedals that I made for uh, Chevelle that we did for them. And then uh, actually it may have been Nova. And then it'd get like 100 or 200 likes. I'm like, what the hell? And then I post a putter and it get a thousand hits on it. And I'm like, huh? And so I started making some more, more and more putters. And um, then uh, Jim Butler called me at the end of 2015. Uh, well, actually, backtracked. I made some more products, and and a couple of blogs that kind of started noticing me, and I actually went on Golf WRX, which is like the largest golf blog, and I was posting some of my work under the section that says, like, micro artisans, so you can post the stuff that you make in your garage under this blog, so I posted it, and then they banned me, because people wanted to buy it, um, Mm -hmm. because, like, I wasn't a paid sponsor, so that was, like, the first telltale sign, and then, so, over the next few years, uh, up until 15, I was making all these other parts and everything else, and then finally... I got a call from a guy named Jim Butler and he was uh he's with a company called Table Rock and they they sold Scotty Camerons for I don't know uh like 20 plus years. He's uh you know, older guy now, but he's been around for a while and uh, you know, they've sold putters ranging from, you know, $1,000 to I think he sold one for 30 grand. It's nuts. Damn. Maybe even more than that. He he was like, you know, we're not going to have a booth at the PGA show this year, but we're going to set up like a hotel suite and invite people who are in Orlando to come there. At one point, they had a booth at the show, and they would sell half a million dollars in one or two days at, at the PGA Show and Scotty's. It, it was nuts. So we took I, I busted my ass and, and made seven putters. It took me two months to make seven putters. That's a lot. And um, I took them, and we sold seven putters for twelve grand. And I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Holy so,
0: shit. Uh, this is
3: the business plan.
2: Yeah, I mean, so so then that was, um, that was 15. So January 15th. So I had all this work on the table, actually. Starwood Motors, who's the biggest uh, custom Jeep builder. We we had a Jeep that we built for SEMA with five hundred or five or six hundred horsepower. It was a two hundred plus thousand dollar Jeep. It was a rat rod Jeep. So I had that project. I had some other projects that we had to do. So I didn't really get all my work done until like June or July of fifteen. And then I started making it to putters. So in fifteen, I probably made like thirty or forty putters. And then sixteen was the game changer. Sixteen um, was when we went and we did the show. Um, and you know we sold quite a bit and I started making some more and then my Instagram picked up and so I was probably like 15 or 20,000 and then people started buying and then we at the end of 16 and and this is what's crazy so we I had this idea for a donut and I I literally thought to myself um, how funny would it be because I was just making fun of myself calling myself funny would it be if i if i marked my ball with a full-size donut like it would just be hilarious like if you just had this huge thing down i was like you know that would just be awesome because he doesn't love donuts and then i was watching nice. happy gilmore and, it, and happy gilmore they use a cracker and i was like we just need to make a donut ball marker and so then the saying kind of came about drive for show pup for donuts and so during the world series uh the cubs won in 16 right
0: right
2: okay so the world series the final game of the world series we uh we launched our website. So we transitioned from, we had a company called Black Diamond Design, which is my umbrella LLC. We transitioned to LambCraft in mid-2016. I sort of put up my name on stuff. So we launched our website in 2016 during the final game of the World Series. And so we, uh, the only thing we had to put up was these donuts. And what's crazy is, is I posted them on Instagram and it went like nuts. Like this thing went crazy. I couldn't even believe it, how nuts this thing went. So we launched during the, the uh, World Series. And, uh, we, we put up, you know, is, we didn't essentially have a, a stock. We just put up, okay, you can buy as many as you want. And we ended up selling like $24,000 in donuts in the first night. $24,000 $24, worth of donuts? I, dude, it was so mind blowing that it was nuts. And so you, you sit there and say, okay, that's 24 grand. But at the same time, like, I didn't know what I was going to do because they take a long time to make. And, and also I didn't have the resources to even do anything. So ended up taking us a little while to ship it. Plus we'd never used the online store or shipped anything. So it's like, Holy crap, you've got all, you know, you've got all this stuff that you've got to do. How do you do it? So it took us a while to figure it out. And then it was almost like the minute that we took all that in, I'd already spent all that money because we had to grow like fast. And so, um, then all the people are complaining because they don't get the product and it's, it's just hard. Like, uh, you know, when some people want stuff, it's, it's difficult because I'm the same way when I want something, I want it and I'm going to do what I can do to get it. So the donuts kind of opened the door to the the store. So from then on out, ever since that day, anything we put up, it doesn't last more than an hour. Like it's absolutely insane how, how it works. But so we started doing accessories and there's such a high demand for accessories that it's kind of crippled my, it crippled my putter manufacturing. And so um, as time went on, you know, and in 17, we did a lot of accessories. I would say accessories were 70 to 80% of our business. Um, but what was cool about that is it allowed us to, uh, save up some money to buy new equipment, to make more putters. So last year, um, obviously was our, was our best year ever. I mean, like far, you know, hands down, we got to, you know, kind of, we got to increase our customer base by having the accessories. So you know, if I can only make 100 putters in a year or 200 putters, which now is more, but we can make 5,000 accessories, we can reach customers that we couldn't before and people that just want to see our work. So it gives people, to, and you can ask Brian, you know, it gives someone an example for 50 bucks or for whatever to get a piece of my work in front of them so they can see kind of the quality of what we do. Exactly. It's oh, I mean,
0: the head covers are yeah. absolutely beautiful. I'm looking at those, and I love the the pop-top uh, ball markers are amazing. I love the ones you did with the... Uh, Patriots logo, the Eagles logo, and then once this dilly dilly on it. Dilly dilly. That's that is classic, so cool. Right? I mean, really, it's a lot of really cool stuff, and it's so different that, you know, it, it really has become a thing where instead of just going in the pro shop of whatever golf course you're playing and just grab one of their plastic ball markers, it really provides personality, whether it's the head cover on your putter that you take off every time you putt and lay down on the green, whether it's right. what you mark your ball with. And this makes it so you can have personality. When you're around the greens, which is when everybody's standing around talking and somebody goes, Oh man, where'd you get that? That's cool. Is that a donut? Like
2: uh, it just adds conversation. That's the, that's the, that's the cool factor. Everybody's on this big technology phase, but let's be honest here. I would say 75% of golfers shoot anywhere from 85 and above. And, and most of them, you know, most of them just want to look cool and go have fun. Like to me, anything that's anything that's great golf wise, anything that allows you to have fun because, so I've played competitive golf long enough to know that most of the time you're only going to have fun if you're playing well, and that's only one percent of the time. So to <laughs> right. me, anything that so true. It, it's, it's true. So so wh- if if you're not going to be a tour player or whatever, most guys don't realize that they can't make it because those guys are so damn good. They don't get it. I mean, like Jordan Spieth, good luck. You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't even keep up with him. I played in the same time as him. I'm in, I'm in Dallas. I played junior golf tournaments with him. Like I just had to realize that. Look. This guy is awesome, you know like I, I can't touch this. so why not have I mean most people just want stuff that makes them look good, feel good, and they just want to have a good time. So anything that helps you have fun and, and look forward to playing golf like that's what we like to make and so I, I'm going to get into some technology you know based stuff, but to be quite honest, some of it won't even help my customers and that's perfectly fine because our our entire business model is based around, you know, ma- making new friends, meeting meeting new guys that love cool stuff and just love putters, and it's kind of like you know, there's people that collect Rolexes or Ferraris, and they all like to hang out with each other. Most of these guys work their ass off and have day jobs, and they just want to go out a couple times a year and have a good trip and have right. fun with their buddies. Well, that, that's that's kind of what our brand is based around. It's like you know, calling up Brian and saying, "Hey, we're we're taking a trip from uh, New York to." Miami, which is going to happen probably in August, and we're taking 30 guys, you, you want to come? I mean, I called them last year, we took an indie trip, and I asked them, hey, do you want to go? Like, that's, that's the foundation behind what our brand is, is cool. kind of being formed off of. It's just cool stuff that people can relate to and talk about and have something that their wives can buy for Christmas. You know, that's kind of the, the real truth.
3: Well, and personally, you know, for me, I think you're just extremely pop culture. Your products are extremely pop culture. It's funny. Yeah. Not I didn't know that it's kind of started with the donuts, but that's what drew me into you, funny enough, so I can relate to that. I am a huge donut lover. Like literally a pink strawberry frosted donut from Dunkin Donuts or Yonuts or uh, what's the Voodoo Donuts. That that is like my yeah. life, man. Are these donuts and it's always been a thing for me. So when I saw your your ball markers, it was a given. I needed to get on board. Now well, I can. And who doesn't? Who
2: doesn't love a donut? You dude, know, donuts right.
3: rock, man. So my whole thing with it, though, is I deep down and you know this, Tyson. I'm married. I got a seven year old. I can't afford one of your putters yet, but I can. Even though I haven't bought one yet, because I keep I've won one from you like a long time ago, and then I won one from Golf Babes on Instagram. So I've got two dope ball markers. But I will give you my money one day because yeah. you keep popping out all these accessories. And I know that you're constantly evolving with your creativeness. You're extremely creative on not just the accessory front, but the, some of the things you put on putters, man, is just hysterical to me. Yeah, and, and his Instagram is
2: great. great. I'm CD, scrolling through your Instagram. Wait till you see these NBA. Uh, we're, yeah. we're doing some putters. we leave Wednesday for the All-Star game. Wait till you see these NBA putters. I'm literally, like, they're in front of my face right now. I'm sitting here working on them. That's, that's something cool. I mean, the big thing is, and I've learned this in golf and, and I'm sure there's going to be some guys listening to this that, you know, if, if you're, if you're in the golf industry, take, take this to heart, listen to what people have to say. And if, if you take the customer's input and, and they get, you know, you say, Brian, what do you want on something? And they tell you what they want and you make it, they're going to buy it because they just told you what they wanted. You know, like the right. the thing about it is, is, is why not just listen to what they have to say? I, like people I'm at the point now where people think what I, what I do is cool and they buy it, but, nine times out of 10, I'd rather take what you want on it and put it on there. So that way I know that you love it. I mean, there's a reason why there's Nike ID and custom Oakley's and right. like, all this other stuff out there, you know? And so that's kind of my thing is, is if you're going to spend, you know, however much money it is to play golf and it's not cheap, you know, why not just get something that you love? And right. And two, if you can make something for somebody that they don't end up changing, that's half the battle because nine times out of 10 guys will buy a putter and then it's in their right. bag for one week and then they've changed it. So it's like, why not make up something that they, they have meaning um, associated with that they can keep in their bag for a long time? You know that's, that's kind of the thought on it. Um, well, with that but. being
3: said, when you're talking about the custom putters, and we can kind of you know, slowly wrap on this, what's next? Are you going to be teaming up? And you don't have to give us the answer, but we would love to be. Have you ever been on another podcast? Um,
2: no, well, I've been on like some, some entrepreneur, like ah, machining type yeah, stuff. Doesn't I mean, count.
0: No, it doesn't, doesn't count. count. We're, yes! first, we're
3: first. We first want to be first. Okay. So my thing is, are you I going... I feel like I'm on
2: like Joe Dirt right now. You kind of are. You know, like... You kind of are pretty uh, you didn't even hear all the story. Yeah. So we're, yeah, I mean, I we're, like at, we're
3: at, a, we're at a, a real radio station here doing this. So it is very Joe Dirt. That's right. It all is, right. Frenching it, it up. So exactly. here's, here's my thing. Are you looking at being a... Putter provider for TaylorMade Cobra, uh, not titles obviously. (laughs) Scotty Cameron, but you know some of these other companies that you know, like the whole TP Mills deal back in the day, and the Bobby Grace's Scotty Camerons of the world, where yeah, they used to make putters and now they make putters, and you know they've got a bigger name on it. Is that in the cards for you? Is that what you want? Is that an end game, or do you just want to continue to
2: do you? Well, so and. It's kind of it's 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 hard to explain, but so we're I mean we're a small business. My mom works with me. My sister works with me. My grandma works with me. Like we're we're a small business in a small shop, and, and to do what we've done, I'm really really proud of the things that we've done, given how short of a time we've done it in. And it's kind of like now that we're getting we're getting some notoriety and we're we're starting to become a you know partially successful. Everyone's coming to us with their hand out with all these ideas and all of that, and so part of me is like that's awesome and it's kind of like a sign of hey you're doing the right thing but at the same time it's like getting all the way to the door you know you're waiting in line to to skydive and you get all the way to the door and then you just turn around and go sit back down now i would do that because i'm terrified of heights but the thing about it is is like we just now got here and i've busted my ass for five or six years making no money and, and doing all these things and and i think now if if we went and and jumped on board with someone else then it probably wouldn't be the right thing to do, at least from my standpoint. But I'll never, ever, ever turn down a meeting or an idea. And we've had meetings right. like that. The thing about it is, it's just we're not to the we're not to a capacity standpoint yet, and, and we're not to a design standpoint where I feel like I've designed some stuff that's kind of revolutionary and unique and all that. I mean, we've we've stayed with classic designs for a reason. Um, but then again, a lot of OEMs are going away from classic design, so maybe we could bring that back. Um, but you know. I, there's only three companies that could possibly do it. And really there's only one. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, if, if the right offer was there, excuse me, um, if the right offer was there, then I I would entertain it. But no matter what, I'll never ever ever go fully work underneath somebody. It would be a partnership or it would be something like that because, um, I just, I don't do well working like that. And I feel like it would cripple my capability. I need to have some type of freedom. And so, it'd be more of a collaboration and we're doing a lot of collaborations actually right now. Uh, you know, with the NBA and with Grayson and Jones and some other companies that, uh, I feel like are really, really good guys to work with. And so, you know, we're going to go that route. And I think, uh, I really think golf is going to direct sales. I think that that's the way it is. And especially with so many different variations, I mean, Brian, you can take a club that a guy has and change shaft or fit him in two seconds, even if he brings you the head. So there's so many different ways golf is going. Um, but I also think that the popularity is not as high anymore. So I think people really, uh, in the equipment standpoint, I think people are just looking for something that's different. So if I went to an OEM, would they be as interested in our product? That's kind of my big question that I don't know. Do you, if, if any of that makes sense.
0: Right. No, it does. That makes perfect sense, actually. And when, now, when you do, because like you said, you're into custom work and you're doing stuff. Are there any uh, players that are currently on any of the tours playing a lamb-crafted putter right now?
2: We we've done some stuff for a couple. Um, well, hold on. I'm looking at your Instagram is,
0: right now. I see you made ball markers for Hunter Mayhan for uh, Oklahoma State. I, you are yep. so close to me hitting you up for a Florida Gator win. I mean, you have no idea how close we are. But I'm going to let you go ahead and answer the question.
2: <laughs> well, well, if uh, if we do something like that, we we can't post it because I might get in trouble for that one. Hunter's, <laughs> Hunter's a pretty cool dude, and uh, we actually did that for his uh, for his birthday. But we've we've done some stuff for a few guys. the The problem that the answer is no the problem is right now with with so many people waiting paying full price i mean guys literally will like threaten us that they don't if they don't get their stuff and and it's crazy because you have all these guys are so passionate about it so we have guys waiting paying full price and i can't even keep up with that the other the other half of the battle is, is i cannot compete with people paying you know if we we did some stuff for um like i i made a i made a putter for david toms at the colonial uh like a year and a half ago or whatever and he rolled in the first two practice rounds and then uh you know, I don't know the full story on it, but you got to think if you're a Cleveland rep or, or if you're any other rep, and you see someone gaming your putter, you come up and you're just like, "Look, dude, we're paying you. Like, what is this?" And they've got 800 different models, and they can do whatever they want, and you don't have to pay for it. Right. Like, literally, if, if Brian was a tour guy and he wanted a putter, he could just go to any van and they would just do anything that they wanted until he had something that he loved. And right. I can't do that right now. So, and plus the here, here's what you guys have to think about from a marketing standpoint. Big companies use tour guys to sell product to the average Joe. Right, if, right, if, right. They do not sell, if, if If they don't sell product to the average Joe, they're losing money because the tour guys cost them money, right? Right. So if you could sell your product all day long and not have to have those endorsements, would you do it? Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, would you spend twenty million dollars just to have tour guys if you didn't need them to sell it? Now there is some, some self-validation in that. Yeah, in still, saying, the, my driver's so much better. Yeah, the yeah. overhead's
0: much lower though. You're, you you've got a much better business model, a, a much more affordable business model. Doing what you're doing,
2: I don't know about better, but we we, <laughs> we fly by the seat of our pants. It's uh, it's super small scale, but you know we're we're getting better, and and I, I'm learning a lot. And, and to be honest, um, that's actually kind of the fun is like okay, what decision do we make next? And that produces what results, you know, what what direction do we go? And, and the cool part is, since we make most of everything that we do, um, I can get to market so much faster than a lot of guys, because at two in the morning, if I want to come up with something, I can just come to the shop and make something. And that's, Damn, that's, that's kind cool. of the cool part. And then I, and then I get it out to Instagram. And then, you know, people on Instagram just promote it and, and buy, want to buy it and, and all of that. And, now with our we've automated our online store and everything so all of our accessories and other stuff they're shipping within i mean a guy guy put an order in the other day and, and he got his shipping notification in 10 minutes i mean we're we're getting a lot better and a lot faster but awesome. at the same time we st- we still can't make enough um but it's it's really really cool i uh i, I love what i do it's a lot of work but i get to meet guys like you and brian and and Get to travel around and play golf and that's kind of the end game is being able to just meet more people and if if i'm in new york and i want to play golf you know we can go play golf that's kind of right the, the cool part about it is being able to just yeah. hook up with what's really unique people that's, oh, that's awesome a
3: big part of why i do the instagram the way i do my instagram is to just to meet golfers right? people that love the same thing that i do a lot of people oh, love and the sport. educate
2: yeah oh big you time. do a great job educating hey, like thanks. i mean really with the hanger and some of the other it stuff does. like yeah i mean he it's does. Uh, it's really cool, and I'm I'm super glad, Brian, that you went and did, you know, you you went and started doing that uh, the fitting and all that other stuff. Because I mean, Froggy, I don't know if uh, if you guys had a conversation, but I talked to Brian, and he was just like, you know, I, this is what I love to do. This is what I want to do every day too, and, and I love the radio stuff as well. And I was like, dude, just go do it. Right, and, I agree and,
0: with you, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. So I appreciate, and, and I, I'm I'm assuming you love you love what you do, Froggy.
0: Yeah, I do. You know what? I, I love being able to take, finally, podcasting really is such an important deal because it allows us to reach a completely different audience that we really want to reach, people that we want to talk to, and to be able to talk to golfers that are strictly love golf, just like Brian and I do, just like you do, and then to be able to introduce them to you and your product and introduce your your Instagram. I, I know you have some 30-some-odd some thousand followers, but to bring in new people to say, hey, look at this, because we all enjoy the same game. And it can be so right. much more fun to play when you get out of the just the mechanical stuff that you see everywhere else. There really is a whole nother world to golf, and that's what we're trying to bring out.
2: So, so what's your uh, what's your game like? Is it is it decent? Are you scratch? What, what are you? No, I would say. You, might, it's, you notice how Tyson just turned
3: this, and it's now his podcast. I did. It's. I <laughs> Yeah, say well, it's, I, I want to know. I mean, <laughs> hell,
2: you asked me so many
0: questions. Let me ask you something. You know what? It's decent. I'll say it's decent right now. My handicap's a six two uh no, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's that's not awesome. great. I, I can I I, I don't hit it for member guest. I don't hit it far, dude. He's a dangerous member guest player from the from the up tee. You know, yeah, the, the I don't hit it, tees. I don't hit it oh, far. Man. But you dangerous. know what? I can get around the golf course. I can get up and down. uh And my worst score, if I have a really bad day, I'll shoot mid 80s. And if I have a really good day, I'll shoot I'll shoot 70 if it's low. I and, mean, it's just
3: yeah. And the, Tyson, his biggest so you, problem. You, you, his biggest problem, Tyson, is every time he comes to the golf course, he's got another tip or a swing thought that he's working on. He's always trying something new that Sean Foley told him or Billy Horschel told him right. to do. Like he's always shaking. Right. He's like, yeah, I talked to Michael Breed the other day, and he said I needed to, you know, really, uh, you know, get yeah. that club <laughs> face where it's at. That's why? Where I'm like, yo, I I know that I'm an early extender, and I need to just keep working with the hanger and stop being such a lazy ass and stay down <laughs> right. On it. Like,
2: right. and that's the only thing I've worked on for a year with your v, your VJ Singh finish, Brian. It's so good. Um, <laughs> you you finish it just like VJ Singh. I I love watching it every time. Well, here here's the thing that you need to make sure that all your guys out there they hear this is. You just told me one thing that is the most common thing that that everybody forgets is. You, you said if you have a good day, you can shoot you know x amount in the seventies or whatever. But you said you just kind of scrap it around and get up and down. When when Tiger was playing his best and his worst. You know, I think it, it, the year he played the best, he he obviously led with fairways and distance. But ninety percent of the time that he was out there, all he did was he out putted and he out chipped right. everybody. Absolutely, and and then the the tour guys, what they do is the the, the guys who are going to win during the week, they're obviously hot. They're playing the best. Like you're you're not going to be able to always beat those guys that that have it. I mean, when you have it, you have it. It doesn't matter. So the thing about it is, is they hang around long enough. So usually they get hot one or two times around or one or two times a tournament. So they just grind away and grind away and hang around. And then when they get hot, they get hot. And that's how they, they contend. And so they don't make any stupid numbers. And if, if they do, maybe it's a double, but if you watch Jordan or whatever, as soon as he makes a double 30, every time I actually think he leads that stat where he he goes back, you know, from yeah, bounce back. And so the big thing is, is like, you know, you can, you can skank it everywhere. And if you just get up and down uh, all the time, like nine times out of 10, it, you're going to shoot a better score a lot of times than if you just kind of hit it fair and putt fair. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know. No, it's, think it's about how many about times you hit a,
0: think about how many times you hit a fairway, you miss the green, you chunk a chip or you leave it in the bunker, then you scull it and then you two putt or three putt. So now you got a 6. Yeah. Whereas yeah, if I mean, you it, and, and if you go work on that stuff, if you just miss the fairway barely, you knock it up around the green and you get up and down, boom, you got your easy par. It's so much more fun and so much more easy to go to the driving range and just bang balls all day with your driver and your three wood, but nobody ever stops over at that putting green and chips and putts. That's where the game is made.
2: Well, and and that's where the, that's where more fun is made. If you go watch a kid putt um, on the putting green or whatever, usually kid, kids like fifteen or below are way better putters because there's no there's no care whatsoever. And there's kind of three things that I really believe in putting and. There's some people that argue with me, but if you look at any of the best putters ever, you look at Lauren Roberts, Ben Crenshaw, Brad Faxon, uh, Tiger Woods, Aaron Badley, any of these guys, with the exception of Ben Crenshaw, I'm pretty sure almost every single one of them does the same thing. They roll the line on the ball, meaning they line up the ball with the line. They have the same exact uh, putting and practice stroke every single time. Mm -hmm. Like It's identical, whether it's on Friday or whether it's on Sunday to win right and then they, the last thing that they do is they look at the hole and the minute they look down at the ball they go they, got, they don't yeah, sit oh and sure. they don't get ball locked and the, the reason for the line is is if you can roll the line end over end and you see it rolling as one continuous line you know that you put a good forward stroke on the ball meaning if you hit the putt with the line up on top and you can't see the line rolling continuous you either cut it or you hooked it so even if you don't roll the line you need at least go to the putting green and learn how to roll the line continuously. So that at least you can make sure that you're rolling it, you know, on, on the right path with the, with the right roll. Right. Otherwise you have nothing, nothing constant to judge, you know, Hey, did I cut it? Hey, did I pull it? Whatever. Cause there's going to be 60 or 70% of your putts that may be great putts that don't go in. And so right. when you're out on the course and, and you put your line down and you roll it, and if it rolls end over in and it doesn't go in, it was either, either misread or bad speed. I mean, that's, that's the truth. So, it eliminates so many variables you don't have to say hey did I aim wrong hey whatever um and the truth is it doesn't matter how you aim as long as if you roll that line end over end it doesn't matter if you hit it with the back of your club if you can roll it pure that eliminates so many different things and and I think that's one of the biggest things that most of the guys that I see don't do but to me I I can't putt. like if you took the line away I'm a 100 handicap like right. it's just it, 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 it is what it is
0: I agree so there you go. You're, no. getting, you're getting not only we're turning you on to putters, but we're also giving you putting advice right here on the Playthrough Podcast. <laughs> Tyson, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. You Once got again, it. it's Tyson, T-Y-S-O-N, underscore lamb, or online at lambcrafted.com. A great Instagram follow. Tyson, i got to be honest with you. I'm totally going to be hitting you up at some point for a Florida you Gator uh, head cover because I love my Gators. I know we're having a little down – decade but that's okay we'll be back i promise at some point I,
2: I, I, down down decade yeah we've had hey a, thanks for letting me talk you the ear off i appreciate it
0: appreciate it tyson have a great one man be good man thanks you yeah, will see Bye. you bud
3: playing through with froggy brian golf and whacker